Hi there, welcome to the Hotspur Hood. This is Let's Talk Tottenham. Still in, still qualified for the Champions League, still fresh and possibly a new signing or two on the horizon as well in the next couple of days. So things are still looking rosy, still looking rosy, but this is Tottenham. So at some point they're probably going to come down, but uh, at this moment in time, they're still looking rosy. So we're still in a good mood. Uh, me and Owen, my guest Owen. How you doing, Owen? I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Still in a good mood, in a good mood. Uh, so basically what we're doing today is going through the season uh, from a Spurs mm. perspective, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. Next week, hopefully that'll be a full season overview with a few fans from other teams as well. But for us here, it's Tottenham season, uh, kind of in a nutshell, going through a few of the big points that uh, shaped that season. Uh, firstly, thanks everybody for watching. Please get your comments in and get please hit the like and subscribe button really does help. Uh, also hit the notification bell. That'll notify you when uh, streams are going live. And the Hotspur Hood, there are about four or five people who are doing streams. So it's hard to keep up. So hit that <laughs> notification bell and you don't need to because it will tell you. Uh, and then if you like what you see, go over to my channel, Let's Talk Tottenham, where we'll be on Friday, uh, half 12, 12.30 p.m. And hit the subscribe there. And yeah, be sure to watch. But let's get cracking. So Orvin, overall... Of the uh, uh, terrible English there. Overall of the season, <laughs> overall kind of summary of the se of Spurs season for you. Um, had its moments, but it ended well. Um, actually, I think I was one of the few Spurs fans who believe that Spurs can get to the top four at the start of the season. And even with Nuno being the manager, I thought that any any manager that came in and got the team playing were more than capable of getting Spurs to the top four. Um. Obviously, with Nuno being sacked and the turmoil that happened, um, it kind of like made the season look a lot worse. Though, you know, Spurs finished fourth, and I was never one one of the. I was always a fan, even towards the last couple of games. You know, before Arsenal played Newcastle, said you know something in me just said Newcastle would do one over Arsenal, mm. um, and uh, it happened. So yeah, for me, it was a good season. Spurs are back in in the Champions League. Um, with a better team, better manager, better stadium. So it's going to be very, very... Uh, it was a good season, I, th I think. Yeah, and a lot of optimism as well, I think, as well. And uh, just before I forget, I completely forgot, as well as your comments coming in, super likes, super likes, super uh, chats and super stickers mm -hmm. are available as well, guaranteed to get your comment read out. Uh, yeah, so please get those in and your comments. But most importantly, hit that like and hit that subscribe button. Uh, so yeah, this, this I mean, it, it was described by Sam on Paxton Road TV as a roller coaster on fire, not just a roller coaster, a roller coaster on fire because it was all over the place. And it started could have either started with the manager or or, or what I'm going to go and start with. It wasn't the best preparation, and that's the Kane transfer saga. Mm. Uh, obviously, the interview just before the last game of the season, I think. La uh, 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 well, the season. Before the one that's just gone, uh, interview with Gary Neville playing golfs and, and sowing the seeds that he wanted to leave. Uh, and then we'll come to the manager appointment in a bit. A very underwhelming manager, I think, <laughs> certainly compared to the manager we've got now. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, the whole transfer saga, which lasted most of the, most of the summer. Uh, and then Kane was not the Harry Kane you'd expect Harry Kane to be. Uh, I think Nuno had something to do with that and his tactics as well. We'll come to that later. But, I mean, in terms of preparation for a season, 
one of your best players, if not the best, wanting to leave and and it, I mean that doesn't help Nuno, doesn't help the team. Uh, but yeah, he, he seems to have bounced back, seems to be happy again. So, but at the time, I mean, were you worried about we're going to lose Kane, or were you if we lose Kane, we get a load of money? That's good, we can invest. Um, no, uh, I think the whole transfer thing was just really kind of. Sky Sports, ESPN, all the sports channel really over overhyped it, really threw, you know, wood into the fire. Because I, I did watch the Gary Neville interview, and we have to remember, Gary Neville is a master manipulator. I mean, he 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 talks about the super, you know, he potentially he owned like he took it upon himself to make the Premiership get the Super League suspended, but he's a master manipulator. And I the questions that he asked was very very well asked by Gary Neville and there was only one answer Kane can get, give. Kane, you know, when Gary Neville asked him about his future, he said he wanted to set Spurs and win trophies. If he felt the club wasn't matching that ambition, he would then think about leaving. Um, and so, you know, Gary Neville then asked him, if you could play with anyone in the Premiership, it wasn't, can you play with anyone in the world? It was in the Premiership, who would it be? Kevin De Bruyne. If you can play with any team in the Premiership, wasn't in the world, who would it be? Man City. And Harry Kane said Man City, you know, because it had world-class players. He never said he wanted to go. Um, he then went off to the Euros, got to the final. Um, he went to Barbados. Um, that was paid by Joe Lewis, apparently. So when I saw that, I was thinking, right, if Harry Kane really wanted to leave Spurs, first of all, he would have handed a transfer request in. He would not have gone to Joe Lewis's, you know, resort to stay, paid by it. And, you know, when I said that to Spurs fans, like, oh, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I was like, well, look what Lionel Messi did for Barcelona. He wanted to leave Barca. He wrote a fax into Barca. His, his, his agent wrote a fax into Barca. He publicly came out and said he wanted to leave Barcelona. Harry Kane never did that. He just went, you know, kept his head away, stayed away from the negativity. And Sky Sports, even to the last day, Sky Sports were saying he's going to go. You know, oh, Nuno hasn't played him. But no one was thinking of the fact that Harry Kane has just played a full season with Spurs. He then played all the all the games, you know, the final. He'd lost two finals in that season. He just needed a break mentally and physically. And the reports, the newspapers all went, oh, he wants to go. He said this. He's done this. They were speaking for Harry. If Harry came out and says, listen, I've given my all to Spurs. I want a new challenge. Then, yeah, fair enough. But he never said that. So I think that – go ahead. Would you make of the whole training stuff? Uh, obviously, it was reported that he's refused to train, and and it was yeah, it... reported that Spurs have given him permission. But the the, the <laughs> issue I think a lot of Spurs fans had mm-hmm. was that it took over a week of all this speculation in the newspapers for anything to come out from Kane or the club. West. surely a Harry Kane say or the club saying this was all planned early doors would have quashed all of those uh, newspaper rumours and and and, and news rumours. So, regardless of what happened, it was handled terribly by Kane, by the club, by the media. It was well, just a bit of a shambles. Well, I think I think the media, the media is not the same as Kane or Spurs. The media, the Sky Sports, ESPN, they, their, you know, their narrative, especially the analysts, the transfer analysts, their job is to create the devil's advocate and to, you know, Twitter, Instagram, all that. That that's their job. Their job is to put in the minds and create that newsworthy thing. Um. At the time, 
when Kane didn't say anything and Spurs didn't say anything, I thought that was brilliant because what was the point? It, it was just going to add fuel into the fire. If Spurs came out and says, we we uh, we gave him the go-ahead, or if Kane came out and said something at the time, it would have been, nah, you're talking rubbish. Oh, you don't know what it is. But they just sat back, let the media do what they did, and, you know, kind of... Because at the same time as well, Spurs were looking for managers at the same time. So it was kind of like Spurs went, right, that will take the gloss off. We're looking for a manager, and we're trying to get a manager. And... I, I just don't th- I think for a power or a player like Kane, if he wanted to really have left, he would have handed a transfer request. Mm-hmm. And at the time, no Spurs fan would have blamed them for it. No Spurs fan would have said, you know what? You're you're cheating us, you're you're backstabbing us or whatever. He'd done everything. I mean, he just finished the assists and the golden boot winner that season. Yeah. Um, so I think Kane played it very well. He didn't get caught into the drama. He, you know, went away, watched from afar, and then when he came back, you know, he returned to fitness and, you know, look what he's achieved this season as well. Um, and, yeah, Kane has every right. Kane has been a Spurs fan, and he is a true Spurs fan. And when when he hired Nuno, Kane must have looked at that and think, well, the club isn't going to match my ambitions. I want to stay with Spurs, but if they're not going to match my ambitions, what's the point of me staying here? Yeah. Spurs, you know got rid of Nuno, got in Conte, and that changed. So, you know, it's not, Kane is not a player who was bought in from another club. He came up through the ranks, you know, Spurs believed in him and he's returning that favour. And it's a testament to a player who says, right, I want to win trophies with this club, but if it's not going to happen, I need to look and move away. And he also said in that interview with Gary Neville was that I can still play till 35. My body's going to hit his prime. So every right, he had every right to do what he's done um, and stayed away from it because, like I said, you know, the way the Spurs fan turned against him or some Spurs fan turned against him is like, how can you turn against a player who's dedicated, scored, save Spurs seasons after season, world-class player, you know, um, and yet reports, people are believing reports and maybe it was a fair thing from Spurs fans, didn't want to see him go, so they had to jump on it to brace themselves, but he stayed. Um, and uh, because even if you, uh, I think Man United or Man City came in with 120 million, so even that, if Kane wanted to go, he was like, No, take that offer, I want to go, that's the offer. So, you know, he could have really threw all the toys out of the pram and refused to train properly, um, and made it public, um, but he didn't. So, I think everything was just speculation and just jumped way overboard. Yeah, I'm not sure he's that kind of person doesn't want to tarnish his legacy. But he ain't going anywhere this summer because he'll break no. Jimmy Greaves' record next year for, uh, mm-hmm. unless Touchwood hopefully doesn't happen injuries or anything like mm-hmm. that. But if he plays 70% of the season, he's breaking that Jimmy Greaves' record next year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his early season form was poor. I mean, that, that did coincide with our poor season. And uh, we'll come on to Nuno in depth in a little bit, but... His tactics of pretty much Sun and Kane up top and not getting involved in the game. Uh, your striker isn't going to score that many goals if they're not involved in the game. Jose was defensive, but at least he was defensive with the view that Kane and Sun are going to get our goals. So let's get them in the game and let's have a game plan that gets them in the game, uh, which was obviously obviously the counter-attack. The, the, I, I thought there was an element of Kane maybe fed up and, and sulking a little bit. The turning point for me, ironically, was the goal that... He caused in the Arsenal game, the third goal where he slipped, lost the ball. 
Uh, but the fact that he tracked back 70 yards or 80 yards, whatever it was, to try and stop it didn't work out. But if you're not bothered with your job, it, you make a mistake, yeah. someone else's problem, someone else can deal with it. The fact that he sprinted back because he made a mistake, that said to me, he's still playing and it's a tactical issue and it's him not getting in the game and Nuno not utilising him as much. Uh, what did you make of his early season form? Um, I think... When I when I f- first saw the the three games without Kane, um, it was a four three three, and it was uh, Delhi, Winks, and I'm not so sure who the other midfield player was. I think it was Skip, um, and then up front was uh, Songmore and Birdwin. So I thought when Kane was going to come, wasn't it the first game? Yeah, and and or that possibly. was really working because you know Nuno won the first three games, hmm. and when Kane came Kane come come back, I thought. The tactics was with Nuno, he's going to drop Kane in the middle and have Song one side, Bird one on the other. But something happened. It, it, their Arsenal game, I don't know what his tactics were because Gary Neville, um, or sorry, it was Jamie Carragher who, who um, dissected him on the night football. He said, you can't blame the players because, you know, Deli Ali was dragged off at halftime and that came the whole Deli Ali's not good enough and et cetera, et cetera, and a couple of other players. And Jimmy Carragher said, right, Deli Ali is playing as a striker. Not, not, you know, so that that's pretty much Nuno saying, no, I want you up top. Spurs had no midfield players. So that was, I think Nuno just got lost. He just got, I don't know what it was because he he won the first three games and he could have drip feed Kane back into the team and stick with that 4-3-3. But for some reason, he just got all messed up, all caught up um, in the drama, in the media, what was saying about him. And he he almost got cocky. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I can put this tackle against Arsenal because if Spurs win, it'll be great. Um, but yeah, he, I think, you know, Nuno pretty much screwed himself, you know, and then reports came out how he wasn't, you know, that talkative to the players. But I know we're getting on to Nuno. Nuno never wanted that job. I could tell from the moment that... The Spurs pitcher came on and his interview and is smiling. I'm like, yeah, that's just all fake. That's well, you know, let's, you know. <laughs> let's go on to, on to him now. The new now yeah, yeah. He was our 75th choice of manager or something along that <laughs> yeah. line. Uh, yeah. After 300 days of looking for a manager, didn't turn up, and then we had another 300 looking for some more. Uh, a very strange appointment. I thought at the time he's a two-year contract. Pochettino had two years left. It's a stopgap. After two yeah. years, steady in the ship, Pochettino will come back. I then yeah. thought when, we'll get on to Conte, when Conte came in, that was an 18-month deal. Pochettino had 18 months. Again, stopgap. Let's see if we can win a cup, similar to what we did with Jose. Pochettino come back. <laughs> we'll get on to mm-hmm. Conte in a bit. The way that things are building at the moment, I don't think that's the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Because hopefully Conte gets a contract extension. Uh, mm-hmm. But Nuno, very underwhelming uh, uh, appointment. We, we we were in, in for Conte before. Uh, whether you believe the fact that Levy didn't pay enough, Conte, what he mm-hmm. said, is too soon for Inter Milan, and then four months, mm-hmm. five months, whatever it was down the line, it's okay now. Uh, but mm-hmm. I completely agree with Nuno, screwed himself a little bit. Those tactics, <laughs> if you've got Kane and Son in your team, you've got goals in your team. Yeah. If you're playing a defensive game and, and, and looking for maybe one or two chances... You're not playing to your team strength. It's the same as Liverpool mm. just sitting back with <laughs> Salah, mm. uh, now Diaz, Amane up there. The goals are up there, uh, and Alexander-Arnold and Robertson raining mm. crosses in. The goals 
a forward. It, it's not a one nil game. And that's how he was playing. Uh, you have to play like that against Man City. If we'd have gone toe to toe with Man City, they'd have killed us mm. that first game of the season. So the tactics there were spot on. Uh, but yeah, and yeah, I mean, we'll come on to this as well. We'll go full on Nuno. First three games, three clean sheets. The next three, nine goals conceded in three games. Uh, that, that, that sitting back and, and, and negative play is fine for those first three games when you're winning. When you're not winning, it doesn't wash. Uh, mm. But, I mean, this won't take long, this question. Uh, how would you sum up Nuno's appointment and tenure, <laughs> four, five-month tenure at Tottenham? Um, he didn't, you know, he didn't do that bad, but I think he would have done worse if he was left on. But like I said, his tenure was, I you can't expect it. You know, this is a guy that, you know, the best he did was with Wolves. He got them to seventh or something. And Tremendous I think he... with Wolves, I think, in their first season coming mm -hmm. up as well. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like, it's a different mentality walking in to a group of players who have played in the Champions League, who, like Song, Kane, and then a couple others. So what I always said that the manager that Spurs needed was like a Conte, not even Poch. I wasn't, you know, this whole Poch link, I think. No, he would have... Because Conte came in and auto, you know, automatically he wasn't afraid to get rid of Lexus Lo Celso and then Dombele. Um, you know, and it was, I think that was it. It was Nuno came in and he was a nice guy. He was nice, okay, and the players walked over him. So as soon as the players walk over a manager, they have no respect. Yeah. The games that he lo they lost was that the players just kind of went, right, this is not working. We're just going to sit back because if we lose... No matter how many, the manager's going to get it. Then in the in the training, the man, uh, the players weren't you know came out, so it was kind of like Nuno went into a toxic dressing room and just got succumbed by it. And was when Conte came, him, was he in over his head? Yeah, of course, of course, yeah, way over his because it you know being at Wolves, you know this guy left Wolves, you know, and he didn't really to go from Wolves to a team that was expecting to be in the top four. That's a bigger challenge, bigger pressure. And him knowing that he was just a stopgap, him knowing he was the, what, 10th choice. Um, so even that, you know, as a manager, you're going and going, I'm a stopgap because if Pochettino was to get sacked next month, I'll be sacked for Pochettino to come in <laughs> or Conte to come in. So the motivation of that, and then the players already knew, it was kind of like what happened with Man United and uh, Ranrek. I think I've said his name right. But United players had no respect for him because he wasn't a manager. Now he's not be even there. that Man United. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Waste of time. Exactly. And basically, you know, Spurs needed a manager like Conte's caliber because Conte's not a friend. He's not a mate. Yeah. He's a manager. And I said that from the start. As soon as they appointed, it's like, brilliant. He's a manager. He's not going to be, let's have dinner, guys. Let's do this. It's. I'm going to make you train on your own. I don't care. It's my way or no way. And we've seen a difference. So I don't think it was Nuno's fault per se. It was just he was a nice guy, came in, got sacked, went over with a pay packet. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to feel bad for the guy. I mean, he's, he's he got plenty of money from it, you know. So yeah, yeah. He hasn't had a bad life since, has he? Yeah, yeah. A few, comment, a few comments here. Talking ball, Colin. How are you doing, Colin? Yeah. Uh, Nuno was very careful. 
He seemed reluctant to take any risks, which is mm-hmm. incredible. We'll get onto this in a sec after a couple more comments, uh, which is mm-hmm. incredible being that our motto is to dare, is to do, and Levy and yeah. in his uh, post-match conference, we're going back to that kind of uh, mentality again. Eddie Barn will come back to this a bit later on. If I think if we get the players Conte wants, really think we'll be up there with City and Liverpool. We'll be talking about next season uh, towards the end. And Cody, how are you doing, Cody? He may have, Nuno may have suffered the most deadly <laughs> manager of the month curse of all time. Uh, well, it generally, is a kind of a curse. You get that, and then the next games are a bit well, more tricky. But uh, nine goals conceded, no one goal <laughs> yeah. scored in three. The next three games, zero points. I mean, I can't remember a worse uh, turn after a manager of a month award. Absolutely right. Um, and it's funny because when Arteta got manager of the month, we all know what happened then as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like. Maybe yeah, they think... take their eye off the ball. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good here, I, and then, and then, kind of don't. Um, yeah, focus I... on what made them get manager of the month in the first place. Take their eye off the ball, and and I can't think of the word, but uh... yeah, it's. I think you know when he got manager of the month, Spurs. You know, Spurs weren't playing bad. You know, like you said in the first half, like they were scoring goals in free form. But like I said, I think that whole pressure of having to put Kane in the team, he, he just never got the full respect from um, certain players in that in that dressing room. Um, and I think that's that was his downfall as well. Like I said, reports came out after that he wasn't even talking to players. He was, yeah. you know, and everything like that. So I felt that, that, like I said, the smiling and all that, I thought, nah, he's, his heart is on it. And, and it's, no matter how much you get paid, it's very difficult if you're not if your heart's not in it to get up, go training, and then try and get your philosophies. Um, and I think as well, he was conned by a couple of players like Winks or Lucas Mora, you know, because someone like Lucas Mora was was um, on the transfer list, but you know, was like, oh yeah, well I'm going to keep him now, and I'm like, yeah, you've been conned, yeah, <laughs> you've been conned by him, Winks and all. Um, and ideally, like if if you're looking at the time of Celso and Dombele and all that. They don't want to work with a manager like Nuno. They want a top manager, um, yeah. if possible. You know, when you go from Jose to Nuno, it's, yeah, it's a real, real contrast, isn't it? Yeah, Jose, Nuno, Conte. There's only one sore, one yeah. sticking out there like a sore thumb. With, with yeah. due respect to Nuno, but uh, Dave Raybould. I hope I've pronounced that right. Nuno looked generally confused. Yeah, disappointed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who is it though? Obviously, Paratici hired him. Levy hires Paratici. Levy said in the post-match conference or at the end of message to fans uh, at the end of the previous year, we're going back to our free-flowing and, and Spurs mm-hmm. way, which, like Colin said, he was very careful, reluctant to take any risk, was to dare is to do is our motto. Uh, I personally think it's Levy's fault because he either appointed him or he's allowed Paratici to appoint him, but then on the same token... He's then gone and appointed Conte, so he deserves credit for that. But he made the mistake <laughs> in the first place. Wh- whose fault was it that Nuno was 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 appointed for you? Um, I, I don't. I try not to think of fault um, because you know, look, if Nuno had won the next six games and Spurs had finished fourth and he was still there at the season, he'd have got Manager of the Year. Hmm. So I think the platform was that. Daniel Levy wanted either Pochettino or Conte. Conte said no for whatever the reasons. And then Paratici went, right, we need a manager. We just need a manager, you know, because, like, think about it. It was talking about Gattuso at one point. You know, so, so like, 
Strategy went, okay, we can't get I'm Conte. not sure that was the case, though. I think like the, the newspapers know we need a manager. Very lazy mm. journalism. Let's chuck a load of managers in the frame. So it, I'm not sure yeah. we were ever talking to Catuso. Well, even if even if we were, it just seems to me like if you look at the list of managers that Spurs were looking at after Conte and Poch, it, it did seem like a stopgap manager. Mm. A manager that would come in and do well for this year um, and then, you know, next season hire Conte. But the fact that Conte was still available, I thought that was always in Levy's mind. And it was a case of, right, let's give Nuno a chance. If he doesn't work out, get rid, go back with Conte, stronger, you know, more determined. Um, so I don't think it was a fault in a way because, you know, it was a gamble. It didn't pay off. And the great thing is, you know, Levy and Partici didn't, you know, say, right, you know what, guys, let's give Nuno the end of the season. Trust the process. It was, no, go, you're gone. Straight away, you're gone. No, none of this. Arsenal, trust the process. You know, believe in the manager. Give you a new tier contract. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was a fault. I think it was just a hiring that didn't work out. Like, like players, you know, clubs will buy a player and that player hasn't worked out. You can't really blame the scout or whatever. It's just the player didn't work out. And it's, it's for me, it's, it's how Spurs dealt with it, you know. And for me, they dealt with it swiftly. And, um, yeah, I mean, because... It, it kind of made Partici and Levy look foolish. You know, why hire managers to sack him? But they were like, look, we'll rather be foolish, take the take the flak, hire Conte in, and, you know, at the end of it, Partici and Levy are now the ones having the last laugh. Hmm. You know, because there's no Spurs supporters protesting outside the club at the moment. You know what I mean? So they they had the last laugh. So, yeah, it's it showed me that, at least they had the initiative to go, right, this is not working out, get rid of him, go back to Conte, give him what he wants and bring him in no matter what. So that's what they did. We'll come to Conte in a little bit, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I think either they were looking at getting rid of Nuno a little bit before that because Conte came in four days later or there's some trainer thought that Conte turned him down in the summer but give me a call in four months and, and then yeah. it's already in. But I mean... Who would have thought that our best, one of our best results of the season was losing 3-0 to Man United? Uh, obviously, tongue-in-cheek there. Uh, <laughs> but a kind of sliding doors moment. That was nicknamed El Sacchio, Solskjaer and Nuno, yeah. both under pressure. We, yeah. I mean, 3-0, uh, <laughs> both teams weren't that great. And, but the, the, the dross performance that we put out at home... Uh, more of a coming off, whether you like him or not. The boos ringing out for that were, were deafening. Uh, and like you say, swift action four days after that. Um, Conte's in. I watched that game down the pub. I was amazed I got back home after 20 minutes. Nuno was still in the job. I thought he'd be sacked mm -hmm. on the spot there. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, is, is that a, a huge, huge moment in our season? that we lost that because if we'd have won that, you probably can't sack him. If we'd have won mm. it. the reverse result, three nil to us, you probably can't keep Solskjaer in a job and you probably yeah. can keep Nuno in a job. Conte then could have been snapped up. So we talk about blessings in disguise and good things coming in, in what looks like bad packages, but mm. a huge, huge moment and possibly one that saved our season and got us Champions League by getting Conte early when mm -hmm. you can't really sack Solskjaer after a 3-0 win when he's under pressure. 
but yeah, I mean, how big was that 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 game, and was it a complete sliding doors moment and blessing in disguise? All the all the yeah. beer at the time, it was horrendous. Well, watching well, the it was already being built up, so I think. I think even if Nuno had won that match, I think the next match, if he'd have lost, he would have been sacked. I think Nuno was on the verge. It wasn't, yes, that game definitely summed it up. It was a, kind of the nail in the coffin. But it was the backdoor reports that was coming out as well, that the players weren't performing, that, you know, it was the previous games as well. He looked clueless on the sidelines. He didn't. He looked lost. Um, and, you know, yes, a lot of fans say, you know, when he brought more off, but he brought more off for Birdwine. So you, normally that's applauded, that's cheered for. But I think what really cracked it was obviously the fans turning against um, Enoch and Daniel Levy, the fans booing Kane, and this all happening at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I think that was it. It was kind of like, right, I've never, I, I've heard fans boo Levy, Levy before. And I've heard that, you know, so that was nothing surprised. But I think the real thing was, you know, I've heard fans being the manager before and the team off, but the fact that they were booing Kane, I think that that was the moment that the chairman, Daniel Levy, realised that was Spurs' lowest moment in his history, that the fans were actually booing one of their own star players. So something had to go. Something had to give. And Do you think that made them get Conte rather than what I thought would happen, Mason in charge until the end of the season? Yeah, for sure. Thought, I think. Do you think we've got to appease this somehow? We've got to get Conte in or someone of that stature rather than a, a, a caretaker as such? Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was kind of like we've still got a good squad. We need a manager like a Conte who can just come in and change everything. Um and that was that was a thought. Now I, all, all the factors contribute, the loss, the booing, more being taken off, the, the whole booing. Doesn't matter who they were booing, it was a booing. Um but even before that, you know, there was a couple of boos at the home ground when Spurs didn't have a shot on target or anything. But I think that was the final nail that they just went right, Nuno, you're over your head because he just stood there. He didn't know what to do. And I could see it. It was the same with, um, you can always tell when a manager knows he's going to get sacked when he just stands there and he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Like he's just lost. Um, Pochettino did the same thing against Sheffield United. I think Spurs got a draw and he just stood there. He was lost, didn't know what to do. And he, he kind of knew. Um, yeah, so that game was a, a big change. In, but again, it took, it took, the board and power teacher to go right. We need to get Nuno, not next month, not the following month. We need to get him now in the next week. And that deal was done ASAP. You know, it wasn't kind of like, okay, let's drag it out. It was done ASAP. Nuno was in what, four or five days later? He was in, appointed. Um, and then the start began, really, clearing out the players. Um, and it, yeah, it just, it just continued from there. So, yeah, that, that game was defining and a loss, you know, it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Kay kind of echoes what you've said earlier. Uh, Nuno knew he had no respect from the team. I mean, that's yeah. unacceptable in a way. But like we've said, it's he made a vod for his own back by having a two of the best forwards in the world and not playing to their strengths at all. Uh, but obviously that happened. Conte came in storming. I don't think I've ever seen, certainly in, for Spurs anyway, this could be for other teams, but... Mm-hmm. A fan base so excited and happy before the game when the last game was a humiliating loss. Conte came mm-hmm. in just after we'd lost to Man United and the mm-hmm. fan base were, were beside themselves with, uh, with joy. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen that. The last game we had was god awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, who'd have thought we'd be? I mean, who'd have thought we'd have been able to get someone of Jose's stature? Obviously, he's kind of. I wouldn't say not relevant. He's just won a cup, but at that time he was kind of trying to find his career again. Whereas Conte, mm. less than a year ago when he was appointed, had won Serie A with Inter Milan yeah. and finished fairly low down the season before. So this was a guy well, who, who's top of his game still, and he's a little old Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, <laughs> how excited were you when he came in? Um, it was kind of like it was good. Uh, not for being a Spurs fan and someone was to say, right, you're going to have Conte, a serial winner like him, or even Jose Mourinho coming to the club mm. and wanted to manage Spurs, I'd have been like, nah, no chance, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> they come in and it was kind of like, right, okay, yeah, if if this can work out, if this does work out and Conte does what he does, Spurs are definitely going to get top four because we're not bringing in a manager who has potential. We're bringing a manager who's already set, he's already there, he knows how to work the players. Um, and yeah, it, it kicked off. And the thing is at the time I was saying, right, Spurs have finally got a manager. And I've said this earlier in the, in, the, in the stream, a manager, a guy who understands tactics, who understands players, you know, it's about mentality. It's about getting players to reach that level. And, you know, Kane, Song, they deserve a manager like that because those are the guys who train after you know, they train, they train after training to improve, to get better. And that's what Conte wants from every single one of his players, no matter who they are. You train, you work hard, your mentality. And I thought if there was any, because even if they brought Poch back, I thought Poch would have been the same, walked over. But yeah, Conte looked at that. too early for, for Pochettino in my book. Yeah, it, it, it's... He'll be back at some point. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I hope Pochettino should never come back to Spurs. I think... He's just not a manager that can win top, top trophies. You know, um, yes, he won the, the French League. And I'm going off a bit topic, but it's the French League. What did he do in the UEFA Champions League? Lost again. Well, he, got to, you know? he got to a final, didn't he? Uh, uh, it was during lockdown, I think, 2020, 2021, mate. I, I no, it was the semi finals. Well, didn't he get to thought, the semi finals with he PSG? Lost to uh, Bayern Munich in the final. Was I the could final? be wrong, but he, he got um, fairly far into it. But. Yeah, it's it's for me. Poch is not a Conte or a Pep or or Klopp. He's not a a winning title manager. Um, but with Conte coming in, it set the status that yes, Spurs want to improve. And what what it said to me was that the 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 chairman and Daniel Levy went right. We want a manager who can bring success to the club and sustain it. Not a manager who can just win one trophy and then Spurs to win another trophy for thirty years. It's get top four, stay in the top four for 10 years, you know, from here on in and win trophies every year, win a trophy and challenge for the title. You've got to have the right manager to do that. They've got the right grounds and the right stadium now. So now they have the right manager and it looks like they're bringing in the right players. So I just, I just feel that this was all something that was pre-planned a long time ago. Um, and I'm not saying it was contest such, but I'm saying any manager who was level to Conte, you know, could have been Pep, could have, I think if even if Pep Guardiola had been, you know, free, Spurs would have went for him or even a club. So I think they just needed that manager who was at, 
who can win titles, who is a, work, is a world-class manager to go with a world-class stadium. And now they have a couple of, well, yeah, two world-class players. Um, so Conte coming in was absolutely the right move. And like I said, a manager who is a manager. He manages a team. He's a tactician mentally. He made some mistakes in in, in, in tactics. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Brentford 0-0. Waiting 82 minutes to bring on an attacking substitute, but then the guy has got his uh, Champions League. So, but I, I've never ever had a problem with the uh, starting lineup or the starting tactics being wrong mm. because every single manager in the past, current, and in the future will make errors mm. in 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 what they select. Is how you deal with that. Uh, mm. So he made some mistakes, but I think Joe says kind of old news in the sense that how he talks to players. I, I feel certainly in the media. When we lost, it was always the players' fault. Whereas Conte, when we lost, I can't remember which game, he said something along the lines of, I may have to look at myself and what I do. Mm -hmm. So he's taking responsibility there as well. So he's not throwing players under the bus. I think with Poch, certainly with someone like a Harry Winks, I think it was an arm around the shoulder kind of thing. Uh, if you make a mistake, keep trying, keep trying. Whereas yeah. Joe says, get out of my sight. Don't ever talk to me again. You'll never mm -hmm. play for this club again. Whereas Conte, I think, has that Jose element and the Poch element and has yeah. a real good balance there. I think that's probably why. I, I, I'd imagine Klopp and Pep have the same as well. And that's yeah, yeah. yeah, you have to. And, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Poch went too far one way, Jose too far the other way. I think Conte's in the middle. And I think that's... And, and <laughs> as well, when someone like Conte, Klopp, Pep... Even a sell out Alex Ferguson, if you go back that far, and mm -hmm. Arsene Wenger, if they tell you to do stuff, certainly with their pedigree, mm -hmm. you, you take notice. I mean, mm -hmm. To an extent, Jose as well, but then, like I said, too far the the, the disciplinarian and you know mm -hmm. zero tolerance. Uh, but we started with a uh, we had a fairly easy run on paper under uh, Conte. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the first ever game he had three two against Vitem uh, Artesta. I've, I've, mm. I've yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three nil up, three two win with a Romero sent off. I think that was probably quite a good thing. Like bloody hell, this is what <laughs> this is what I've inherited here. I've got some work to do. Um, went on a run. I think it was about nine games undefeated. Uh, mm -hmm. We had Liverpool as well. Should have won that game. And Pete will come on to Liverpool games later on as well, but just to say here that uh, we were not criticised, but told, you know, by opposition fans, yeah, they didn't have their uh, midfield there. It's not the true Liverpool. Later mm -hmm. on in the season, it was at Anfield and we had a superb mm -hmm. result there. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, st kind of steadied the ship with those early early games and getting uh, uh, some wins on the board, certainly scoring goals again, which is what we want to see, which is what any club really wants to see. Mm. And yeah, it was a breath of fresh air, certainly after Nuno. But I mean, <laughs> I could have done a better job than Nuno if I'd have said attack. We may yeah. have conceded the goals, but we'd have scored the goals as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was obviously going to get off to a kind of winning run. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did you make of his early kind of. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, again, the reason why they got him so quickly is because they knew that he had a couple of games. Um, mm. Because I think. Um, United did the same thing. They sacked Ollie and knew they had United had a couple of easy games. So that was again, you know, they must have looked at the fixtures and go, right, this is the best time to get Conte in now. You know, he comes in, you know, he has a easy enough teams that Spurs can still beat um and get get the drive going. So yeah, like but even with those games that they were winning, you could still see 
you know, the faults. You can still see that things were not right. Um, certain certain players didn't fit the system, and you can certainly see it. Um, and Conte at the time as well, you know, he got fed up and he was questioning himself. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right when it comes to how he has a bit of both. Because like what I was thinking as well, even when Conte was, you know, kind of like the players are not this or the players are not that. I was thinking, right, he's playing a very dangerous game because he might be right. Josie was never wrong. He was right. But we living in Asia now where players will cry if the wind yeah. blows too hard. Very... I've, I've said, I've said yeah. that for, for ages. Yeah. The, the days of Ibrahimovic, uh, John Gone. Terry, Lampard, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rio Fernand talking to players like that are, are long gone now. Yeah. You can't talk yeah. to Deli Alley, Harry Winks like that. Uh, Harry Kane Winks. Maybe, Kane maybe. I, I reckon yes. he probably... Romero as well. I reckon they'll probably Romero. have gone to a bollocking, but uh, they're few and far between those players. Back oh, day, yeah. It was, it's... it was 90% of players that could handle a bollocking like that. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, Ronaldo kind of hit the nail on the head when he went back, you know, obviously to United. He said, before, when, when I was younger and I had a couple of experienced players like Ryan Giggs or whatever tell me <laughs> how to improve, I listened. Now, if I tell these players this, they're just okay. And in a, in a documentary with the Amazon documentary, you saw it as well. I think there was one clip I watched where Spurs were losing and put our. Um, Mourinho gave a, a speech of how they can win. Then he finished. He's like, right, do you hear me? And players just looked at him. And then Kane got up and says, right, come on, let's, let's go. And I'm like, that's the level. That's what Conte you went in and saw. look at the whole uh, Deli Alli shit at training and he smirks. That could have been clever editing, could have been clever editing. Yeah, if, I'm not convinced it was. I, I reckon that's probably just a... Uh, I think... Oh, I can't, I can't yeah. think many words today. <laughs> I think that was uh, I think that was taken out of context. Um, yes, he could have been laughing at a joke that Kane had made earlier on in the day, and they've just edited it together. I but, think uh... it's a case of I think Dali Ali knew he was brought in to be made a scapegoat of, um, and he just took it. But at the same time, I think well, personally, what I got from Josie Mourinho was that Dali Ali, if, if Josie Mourinho, Conte, Klopp, they have worked with amazing players. To them, an amazing player, say Ronaldo, for example. To them, a Ronaldo is not an amazing player because what he does in pitch, it's what he does off the yeah, pitch. Yeah. He will train after training. He will come into hours before and train. As well. Kane doesn't, Songy does it. That's what Josie was saying. You don't train. You you do. You come. You train and you go. If you want to be a top player, and Deli Ali was doing that during this. I think he did that after Josie was sacked during the summer. Did some weightlifting and stuff like that. Um, and I think that's what Josie was referencing to, that you're lazy, as in you do what you have to do, but you don't do any more. And yeah. if, it doesn't matter how good you are naturally. And we look at Ndombele, talented. As a talented player, he's more talented than Pierre and Bentancourt. That's, that's no lie. But the fact that he comes, he trains, he messes around, and then he goes off again. You know, he doesn't stay behind and work on his fitness or his running. And I think that's what Josie was saying. And that's what Conte wants as well. And before you can tell that the players, but you no longer can tell that the players. So that's what Conte is going to look for now. You know, the likes of Kulaveski, for example. You know, Kulaveski comes in. He has a couple of bad games. He gets dropped um, for Mora. Spurs are winning 1-0. He comes on, creates a goal, and he celebrates it. 
And it wasn't a celebration. Yes, it was for the team, but it was like, you will never drop me again. Not for not for Mora. And I when I saw that, I was like, that's the player Spurs need. That's what you player. want, competition for places. Yes. Savage Inela said it on uh, Monday Night Football or, or mm. Super Sunday, whatever it was. It automatically creates better training. and uh, Yes. Because you're wanting to play. And, and I, I can only imagine what Skip's training is going to be like when he's back. Because... He'll be pleased that Hoiberg uh, and Benton Kerr have formed a good mm-hmm. partnership and are playing well, but he'll be furious because I want to be in that team. And that can only be a good thing because all mm-hmm. three of them are going to be... I mean, it might be that Conte changes it to three in midfield and they all play. Yeah, but that's but possible. It, it, can, it can only be a good thing. And now you've got mm-hmm. Kulisevsky, you've got Son, you've got Kane who are the front three. It's up to the others mm-hmm. now to force their way in. And, and yeah, it can only be a good thing. And, and, and the fact that we're getting some potential players in we'll come to that a bit later on and i think yeah. there'll be more of as well yeah and, and, and the squad is even more important next year with champions league and five subs in the premier league it's even more yeah. important to have a better squad but um yeah for sure yeah obviously um, uh, yeah sorry carry on sorry. yeah um as for the competition because you know what, what i was hearing before the, it was like oh players need competition and i was looking and thinking right Kane needs competition, okay. Sonny needs competition, okay. But what about the likes of Mora? He needs competition. As soon as competition came his way, he wasn't good enough. So not only did competition, you know, improve players, but it also shows what players are, at what level they're, they're at. Um, and I think that, like, that's, like, I was asked, you know, on the Tommy show, what players would I like to see come in? The exact same players they're bringing in. You know, they're bringing a compromise, Ivan Paratic, or a compromise his name, and the guy from Paratic. He's 33, and a lot of fans are saying, oh, he's too old. But let's look at the bigger picture. He's brought in to make Ryan Sessegnon better. That's what he's brought in to do. And that's, and it wouldn't surprise me if Spurs bring in another player who's in their 30s or 33. Because they're there. I think Ericsson will be coming back. That will obviously give us a different dynamic. And, and, yeah. and keep those midfielders on their toes. And I, I, he, he he can teach someone like a skip how to pass mm-hmm. ball 50 yards, ping it to someone's foot. I think Ericsson is a player that against when he when he played against Spurs with Brentford, you know, there was hot, you know, there was saying, Oh, he's back. But when I watched that match, I was like, Ericsson showed me why he left or why he was sold or why he wanted to leave, because he couldn't be the first man in the corner. And I felt that, yes, he came back and he was doing good, but Ericsson wouldn't fit the, the Spurs team now. I think the Spurs team has evolved past him. Yes, the the nostalgia and the, oh, it would be good to see him in a Spurs shirt. I think Spurs have to move away from that. Um, and Spurs me, fans it's not that. Field. I think squad player, and it gives us something different, somebody who can pass well, the can... ball if it's not working. So I, 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 I don't think he'll start. Mm-hmm. Well, not it'll start some games because obviously we're going to need a, a, a full squad because of the Champions League mm-hmm. and the five subs and the fact there's a World Cup in the middle of it as well. So players are going to get tired towards the end of the season. I think he'll come in. He's free. Obviously works in terms of financial. Uh, he doesn't really need to be embedded in that much because he knows the club. He knows most of the players. He knows Conte. So I, I, and and you know being able to train and, and teach someone how to ping a ball 50 yards like a skip for example i i think he'll come in because of those reasons and it's a different thing it's a plan b um 
that's just my opinion anyway. Yeah, it might not happen, but I, I yeah, can see I think that I think if Spurs do get a player like Ericsson, it'll be a player in his twenties. Um, because well, we don't know, but like I just don't think I think if they would have gone for Ericsson, it would have happened by now. Because look, if they've signed in the space of like a week, Fraser and so I think they're like look, they've looked at Ericsson. This is this is a completely different um, way of doing things at Spurs. Yeah. It's no longer let's get a player in because of the Quebec meme. way for me. Get yeah. him in early. Conte demands that, doesn't he? Pre-season starts, yeah, it, my players are in. Season yeah. starts, all the players are embedded. It, it's it's not only that though. Um, I mean, that's a good sign though. It's the mentality of the players you're going to bring in. It's no longer oh, Lascelles is good, bring him in. Oh, and Dembele did a couple of good things, bring him in. Because there was reports that Spurs looked at a, a young English player and they said that his mentality will disrupt the training room so they're not going to go on him. That's, the, that's, the menta- that's what I'm talking about. It's that they're going to go for players that have that winning mentality, that has that dedication because it works. You know, if you look at Benton Kornikulovski, those two, they made two signings, but it was like they made four signings because what those players added, experience and, you know, Benton core is what, 24? And Kulovetsky's only 21, 22. Yeah. And they've had so much experience in winning. So there's no reason why Spurs can't look to bring in a couple of players. And that's the plan. It's bringing a couple of 33-year-old 30, or 33 players who've won leagues, who've won the Champions League, and bring in a couple of young players that they can work off. But those young players will also have abundance of experience playing in the Champions League, playing in the... So it's a... Com- it's a completely different way of thinking um, and it's the right way of thinking and it can only mean good for Spurs going on forward. Yeah, absolutely agree. A couple of comments, Bobby Kay. Yeah. Scary to think how good Ndumbele could be if he cared and tried, I think. <laughs> the nail on the head there, Bobby. Uh, oh, he doesn't want to be... try and he doesn't really care, so he's never going to be as good as his potential would ever allow him to be. Um, Bob Spur, how you doing, Bob? Nuno didn't fail. Five wins, five defeats, average performance from an average manager. Bigger question, why he was given the job after a 75-day in-depth search, which we've already covered. And yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Why hire him in the first place? But yeah, in terms of what we were talking about, I think you're absolutely right with Perisic. He'll instantly, because of what he's done and his mentality, yeah. improve the, the, the training quality. And yeah. he'll demand that training quality improves. Mm-hmm. I think that can only be a good thing. Another thing, he's a winner. What managers like Conte needs, or any manager really, they need their generals, their winners, who essentially are them on the pitch. It's all very mm-hmm. well saying it on the changing in the change rooms and on the touchline. You need it on the pitch mm-hmm. as well. And and I mean, off the top of my, well, we've got more than we did under Nuno and um, well, maybe not Nuno, but Jose. You know, Romero's a leader. Dyer, whether you like him or not, I think he's, he's a leader. A... Whether his quality is there remains to be seen. Lovis is a leader, but obviously he's in goal, so he can't really do too much of that around the pitch. Hoiberg, I think, is a leader. And then you've got Kane as well. Uh, yeah. So you've got five it's... there. doesn't hurt having 11. Yeah. doesn't hurt having 11. I've... And they'll all, they'll all demand it from each other, which is what Jose was going on about, you know, the the... the Lovis and Son argument, I think, after the Everton game. They demanded yeah. it from each other, but obviously that it was kind of toxic there. Um, just very quickly from Bob as well. Uh, strong suggestions of the player they turned them down due to not having the correct mental attitude was Paul Pogba. The uh, report suggests it was Premier League player rather than English. But, I mean, Paul Pogba <laughs> is just... 
he's a brilliant player. He's a brilliant player on his day. Very toxic attitude, I think, in a dressing room. I think if he doesn't it's... want to be there, yeah, I, I, I would, regardless of how good, it, if, if he was a messy level quality, I wouldn't want him anywhere near the club because I think it would just, it's terrible for the changing room. It's um, the, the mentality of, of players, you know, and I said that, like, when, when the likes of Messi, Ronaldo, Kane, when they retire, that could be the last. Maybe, maybe hopefully, fingers crossed. But what Spurs I think Skip are, has it as well. I think Skip. Yeah, it's it's stay late training. It's 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 not so much late training. Is players who want to be football players are not fashion icons or game icons. You know, it's you're there to play football. You're not there to yes. On your off time, do what you like. You know, someone like Paul Pogba. Like I, I said this in another stream, he was injured for United most of the season. Um, and I think it was a calf, calf injury he was getting over, he posted a picture or a video of him dancing while he was meant to be doing rehab on his Instagram. And I'm watching this going, that's the, that's the mentality. But you can't say anything. Yeah, that, like it's on it. He was, he was actually dancing while he was out with a calf in this, uh, um, injury. You know, and I, I said this as well, like it, it, I said it the wrong way, but you have all these players... If you have a go against them, you know, all of a sudden they're depressed, they suffer through mental issues. But it's like, right, like Calvin Lewin, for example, he's fine posting Instagram pictures of him wearing God knows what. You know what I mean? Dresses or whatever. <laughs> if he gets stick from it, it's then, oh, he posts another. A couple of months later, he posts, oh, I went, I went through a hard time. But, but you're football players. You know, if you, if you want to be a social media icon, you will get criticized because – if you're a model, that's great. But you're a football player who's playing for a team that's struggling, and yet you decided that you – and it's the same with um, – you know. so I think with young players these days, they care more about their social media. Mm. If, if you look at – I'm not saying that Harry Kane or Song doesn't have it, but they chose the right moment to do it. You know, It's not a case of, yeah. oh, here's my new haircut, guys, or look at this – like Aurier you know, posted a picture of him going to his friends as a haircut. No one cares about that. You know what I mean? So it's like if, if, if you, anyone who has a job and, you know, they have a social media for their job, it's you only post what you do at your job. You're not going to post you going down skiing or whatever. So I think the likes of Pogba, and not just Pogba, but the universal, and I said this is why Klopp and Pep, if you look at Klopp and Pep, as soon as they have players who kind of are more social media, they kind of get wow. moved from the team. It's kind of like bye. Alex Ferguson was similar to that. When yes, the yeah, player didn't, yeah. wasn't there. He didn't. He didn't yeah. mess about yeah. getting him out. But I think yeah. you raised a good point there. And I think it, it's to do with the money now. I think. I, I mm -hmm. think. I think back in the day, like like Paul Scholes when he was, I don't know, seven yeah. or eight. Whenever he got signed by Man United, it wasn't a guarantee that he'd never have to work a day in his life again after yeah. he finishes football. Whereas now, I think if you're seven or eight and a pretty good footballer and signed up by, a, 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 I don't know, let's say, a premiership team, mm -hmm. you're never going to have to work a day of your life ever again. Yeah. And I think it's now. Asuakoto kind of started it off. I don't like football, but I'm good at it. I get paid. Yes. Yeah. I think it's taken on an even bigger life of its own Yes. Now. And people yeah, like that's Kane, it. people like Kane are, are very much in the minority in football. I'm playing football because I want to play football. Yeah. I get paid for it. That's a bonus. Yeah. So I think, I think, 
you'll see more of it now because young people. Of course. Are, yeah. are, 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 well, I don't need an education. I've got. I can afford the education when I finish football when I'm 35 because I'll have all the money in the world. And I think that that's a sad, sad thing, and it's becoming a bit more difficult for managers now. Yeah. That's where Clep, 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 Clop, Clop, yeah, Clop and Pep have obviously got players there who want to play football. I yep. mean, it helps when they've won everything that they've won. Same with Conte, because you listen to people like that. Mm -hmm. You're not going to listen to Nuno because he hasn't won anything with all due respect to him, uh, unless you're at a club which are expected to perform quite badly. Um, yeah, I mean, well, Wolves, no one expected anything from Wolves. But I, I think it's a, it's the same with Love Island. God-awful TV show. Those people aren't there to find love. They're there to form a, a TV career. That's yeah. all they're there for. And, yeah. it, you know, it's the same with all of those reality nonsense and crap like that. They're there to form a TV career. Footballers, a lot of footballers now aren't there to play football. They're there to make sure they don't have to work after they finish football. And, social, yeah, it's, and, 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 it's, and then obviously they get into the social stuff, Deli Alley with his games, the fashion with Paul Pogba. And then, you know, it's just a way of getting into that. And it's a real, real sad, sad thing. And yeah, you could be right with when Kane's son, Ronaldo retired. It could be the end of... There'll, yeah, well, it, there'll always be players who want to yes, play. Yeah. I think Skip Foden as well, I think, is probably yeah, the Foden, same. Yeah. I, I don't like the guy. <laughs> but I think he probably <laughs> wants to play football. Same with, uh, is it Harvey Elliott at Liverpool? Young star, I think. He's yeah. The same. Well, and Skip, well, I think, is the same. So you'll always have it, but they're getting few and far between. And a lot of them yeah. now are just... Well, I've made my millions by the time I'm 20. Deli Ali doesn't have to work a day in his life ever again. He's only 25. Uh, he's made it. Yeah. Well, well, Foden, Foden almost went off the rails because, you know, during COVID, he, he broke the lockdown with Greenwood. But I think it was really interesting. If you look at those two ways of dealing with it, Man City got him back, sat down with Pep. Because I remember when Pep first started at Man City, he banned social media. The players weren't allowed on social media at all. Um. So the manager, Foden must have got told, right, enough. If you mess around, you'll be nothing. Man United with Greenwood went, oh, poor you. And you see what's happened with those two players, right? So basically, yeah, I think it's the young English players that's coming through. I mean, there's so many. Yeah, David yeah. Bentley so, retired at 26, said he earned enough money from football, says Eddie Ryan, and that's just sad yeah, it, affairs, isn't it? It, it wasn't that bad yeah, football, just clearly it. It's before, you know, even going back, you know, you have like even Harry Kane from from he broke in in 21, 20. It was a one season wonder. He got an interview, he says, I want to be the best striker in the world. Yeah. That's what he said. Song, you've never heard Wink say that. <laughs> never heard, you know, like Sadelli Ali. Be fair to him, he is a midfielder, not a striker, so he wouldn't really. Well, yeah, but he never said, I want to be the best player in the world. I want to win the Bella Door. I want to do this. And, I think what it is is the mindset that, you know, again, it's not just the, the Spurs players. It's, it's you know, look at look at Rashford, for example, at United. He's just gone from up yeah. there to down. You know, Greenwood, as I said, oh, he's gone. I mean, Rashford, to be fair, he's having to do two jobs. He's having to be a politician because our politicians can't be fucked to do it themselves. Well, that, that's the thing. It's, that's, that's the end that's, of the politics part. Now we'll move on to football. Yeah, yeah it, that's the thing, though. Up. He, he he chose to do that. He didn't like he could have just gone and donated money and say, right, that's what I've done, that's it. I'm gonna go back to play football. So he chose to start getting that. And that's that's what I mean. It's like footballers look at it and go, right, I play football for United or Spurs or whatever. 
but can I be a bigger celebrity on social media? You know, can I get 1 million followers on social media? Because that will get me sponsors. That will get me the likes. That will get me that. And that's I, what I they're... think it's slightly different between like a deli and a Paul Pogba doing fashion to Rashford who's trying to help kids out. But being no. that he was one of those kids as well, I, I think it's slightly different there. But, but I, I get yeah, what it's, you mean. It, it's it, yeah, it's the same. Off the football because it, yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing. Forced to do it. Yeah, it's it's the same. It's the same. Yes, I know what I'm not saying. Rossford didn't do good, but it's like right. Why don't you just drop your money, leave it, create a foundation? You know, Ronaldo has a foundation. Messi has a foundation. You take care of it. I'm gonna hire people to take care of that. I'm gonna go away and play football because the reason why this is working is because I am playing football. If I was this Rossford guy who worked in McDonald's, this wouldn't happen. So I'm gonna make sure that. I play my best football and inspire those kids, you know, for, but, but no, it, it's, it's kind of like I've done it now. Can't be bothered. And you dare not criticize them because like I said, if you criticize any young players today, it's mental issue, it's depression. And it's like, well, you're making more money than the average person is going to make, you know? So why don't you back, back in the days of Graham Sunas and you know, all those fantastic players, any fantastic player, they got criticized they didn't moan, didn't cry about it. They roll their socks up and prove their daughter's wrong. That's what, you know, that Kane, as he said, got booed by his own fans. He didn't go sulk. He didn't release a wee thing two months later. Oh, it was tough and mental. His exact words was, I'm a football player. It's part and parcel of the game. The only way you can prove the fans wrong is by playing to your best ability and scoring goals, which I've done. And that's what he did. Let your football do the talking. Not being politics or fashion or gamers or... But like I said, it, it's just, I think it's just that, you know, it's English football players have got that mindset where it's okay to be a social media celebrity rather than be an actual football player. And maybe that's why the likes of, um, you know, a couple of good English prospects went to Germany because mm. they're resimental. They play football. That's what they do. Yes, you have your social media, but do at the end of the season or not during the season when we've got important games. Um, so I think like, that's that's it's a mind block and i think conte had to realize this and he figured it out really quickly so it's kind of like right i'm not going to criticize the players openly i'm just not going to play them simple as that yeah i mean he, he's definitely changed the mentality there i mean there was yes, some yes, yes, that yeah. mentality anyway romero has always had that mentality i think yeah. dyer's had that mentality whether he yeah. think he's good enough or not is is another thing Hoiberg, but I think Hoiberg was absolutely knackered every game last season, every game yeah. bar in the final in the in the Euros and the Ericsson situation, which mentally must have been a drain. Uh, mm -hmm. And in most of the games this season, uh, then you've got Kane and, and everything. Uh, Audio Artisan says here, uh, regarding what we were talking about, worried power yeah. was going off the rails, influenced by Delhi, but point. seems to have matured a lot recently. Very, very good point. Yeah. When we talk about next season. But uh, yeah, obviously, Conte came in. Uh, changed. We had a few bad results, so you know mm -hmm. it wasn't all plain sailing. But Kane got back yeah. into form so much mm -hmm. so that he was fourth in the leading scorers list. Not bad for having about two goals after three months or whatever it was. Uh, but there were other players as well. I mean, who would have thought Ben Davies would have been one of our star players last four games? He was absolutely superb. Uh, so he massively improved. Sessignon, I thought, improved. Yeah. You don't really hear Reg Reggie anymore. Yeah. Uh, Doherty improved before his unfortunate injury. And then I thought Emerson obviously hasn't had a great season, but 
really good at the end of the season. Romero coming out for the uh, North London derby. Sanchez coming on. I'm yeah. trying to get my dad to sort of like go on the pitch and take his shirt and then play instead of him. But <laughs> apart from a, a dodgy first five minutes, he played the last, what was it, three games of the season. Yeah. Didn't put a foot wrong. And, and he's got a tune out of all of those players. Obviously, Winks, I think, is... I like Winks. He tries, but I think he, he... For our sake and his, he needs to leave in the summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think he, he 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 got everybody playing at some point and and when it mattered. So obviously Kane in form. We don't really need to talk about him as much. We have, but who who was your kind of ignore the January transfers? We'll come on to that in a bit. But who mm-hmm. was your kind of unsung hero of that that this season for us? For me, it would be Davies. I thought he was. Yeah, Davies was good um... and. and it definitely benefits him with three because then if he gets skinned, there's two other defenders there. If you're playing mm-hmm. in two, you get skinned. It's only one person there. But I thought he, he was superb, certainly towards the end of the season. And he's been mm-hmm. fairly solid. Think, um, game. But yeah, you're, you're unsung hero of the season. Yeah, I would have to go for Eric Dyer. Um, and the reason why is because... Tommy won't like you saying that on his... Yeah, game. I know, I know. But Damn even... <laughs> The, 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 reason why, <laughs> the reason why is because before Conte came in, every every fan of football said Eric Dyer's on a centre-back. But if Conte plays him there, he must see something in him. And when Conte came in, a couple of games down the line, a couple of months, I saw the change in Eric Dyer. He became more vocal, more organising. He kept Romero steady, not to go too aggressive. And he did it with Sanchez as well. And I think that he made like maybe one mistake um, towards the end of last season, or um, the last game where he passed the ball back against, against Norwich. I think that was it. But he, he's a player that really stood up and he starts shouting and being more vocal more. Um, I think that's what Spurs needed at the back. Lloris is a great captain, but he's quiet sometimes. Whereas Eric Dyer, if Winks made a mistake, if anyone made a mistake, he would rip into them. And I think that, you know, him his aggression and his his discipline and his organizing will will just improve next season and i think he 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 didn't you know he showed you know he's getting interviewed and all he's very articulate very intelligent and i felt that he's finally showed why he should be a center back to think that a lot of fans were saying why did england leave him out of the team you know did maguire <laughs> get a pick instead of them yeah yeah you know so it's like Right, so there's Maguire and Tommy, and many people are maybe not fans of Eric Dyer, but I always say, who would you rather have as a centre back, Eric Dyer or Harry Maguire? Hmm. I would say Eric Dyer half the time, more than half the time, because yeah, okay. Harry Maguire is a clumsy oaf who makes mistakes after mistakes and he doesn't learn. Eric Dyer, yes, he's made some mistakes, but that was with a uh, poor Spurs team, but. The fact that he has Benton Core and Pierre has Davies and Romero or Sanchez next to him, he's kind of like really subtle. And the thing that was always the way is have a subtle, just subtle team. A couple of players in there that are settled, they're the leaders of their own individual positions. And I think that uh, Eric Dyer became that leader of the back four. Um, Harry Kane's going to be leader of the strike force. And now it's just going to be who's going to be the leader in the middle. I mean, that's going to be very interesting going on next yeah. season. But yeah, for me, it would be Eric Dyer. I think he, you know, the critics and everything, he stood up. He's, 
and he's going to be better next season. You know, he's got the preseason to train, learn even more. Um, so he can only get better, which I, I think a lot of, even including me, I says Eric Dyer was never centre-back, but he's proved me wrong. So I think that would be the one player I would say that really stood out for me as an unsung hero. Yeah, I think what I like about him is he makes mistakes, never hides. He still wants the ball. Yeah. He still going to challenges. Uh, yeah. Some players you see go hiding uh, when things don't work. Yeah. But, uh, obviously, January was key. Uh, you know, you go back on streams in ja- at the end of January, the, the, the reviews of the season. But these two, Kulisevsky, Benton Kerr, huge signings. And what I like about it, and it, it, it goes to the summer. I don't care how much money we spend this summer as long as we get what Conte wants. And these two players prove that you don't need to spend $100 million on a player to get a good player. It just needs to be a player that's fit for the system that the manager wants to play and that the manager trusts. And mm-hmm. if they've been playing at a high-level Champions League like these two Juventus guys have, then that's a bonus as well, being in the Champions League. But uh, So, yeah, so the January side, obviously, Levy deserves credit for that based on what Conte said uh, recently uh, he said Levy deserves credit because it's not easy to listen to a manager 100%. Uh, so the suggestion there is that Conte said, I want these two. I want Delhi out. I want La Celso out. I want Underbelle out. Obviously, a couple of them might return because they were loans. But, you know, and Delhi, we basically got rid of for nothing, which isn't in Levy's playbook at all, is it really? Uh, no. And it seems to suggest that he listened. And now with Perisic and Fraser Forster, it looks like he's continuing to listen. So he deserves credit there. But, um, in terms of the January transfers, and, and Romero was injured for quite a lot of the season, so we will include him in this as well, in, mm. in, even though it wasn't a January signing. But yeah, that's what you want from signings, isn't it? Impact. Kulisevsky, yeah. I think, had 12 goal involvement since January. <laughs> I think uh, four goals, eight assists. Yeah, uh, like, like you said earlier, more was on for, I think it was the Leicester game, 1-0 up. Kulisevsky comes on, makes a complete massive impact as well. Yeah. And, and Benton Kerr, Koyberg, I think, deserves a huge mention there. As, uh, for me, an mm-hmm. unsung hero as well. I think he helped Benton Kerr settle. And Benton Kerr's biggest game of the season was losing uh, uh, 3-2, I think it was, to Man United because he was mm-hmm. off the pace, wanting too much mm-hmm. time in the ball, learned very quickly. Mm-hmm. And credit to him, mm-hmm. he has. You don't get that much time now when he needs extra time on the board because he's passed and moved. And Romero has got the potential to be a world-class defender. And, and yeah, people say, oh, they're all from Juventus. Couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. If they do the business and win us games and win us trophies, couldn't care who we have. Uh, but, yeah, word for all of those three who have been superb this season. And, and all very young as well. Yeah, Romero, Gresham... Um, one thing I liked about Romero was that he was getting booked, getting sent off, but he seemed to calm that down. Um, yeah, when, he wasn't that, get... that was when one more booking suspension, so he yes. get booked for about three games, which yeah, possibly Conte, possibly Dyer, possibly him, probably all okay. three. You know, it was kind of like just don't be as aggressive or pick your moments because we are in the Premiership here. Um, Benton Core felt came in, and I felt that. At times, you know, he, we saw he was just too luxidaisical in the ball, got, you know, the ball taken off him. Um, but a very good signing going forward. I still think that Spurs do need a box-to-box midfield player, though, um, to put next to him. Um, I think him and Benton, uh, him and Pierre are too similar. Um, but though Benton, Benton Court did, you know, he can't show he can get forward and make the passes. So it's going to be interesting to see. But for me, you know, Kulaveski, 
was the one who changed everything. You know, I always and said I think that as well. When we signed him, oh, he's not quick enough. Doesn't matter. No, I did a whole got, stream you've like got a quick mind, quick feet. Doesn't make a difference. And I, a little, I watched a little player named Teddy Sheringham wasn't particularly quick, and look how he turned out. And and yeah, absolutely superb signing Kulisevsky. Yeah, it's yes. When, when he because I think I did a Tommy stream, and he's not very quick. And I said, right, that's because you're comparing him to Song or Amora. <laughs> he's not. He's not quick like that. But that's. But he is quick. And the, the thing is about Kulovsky, which he has over, say, maybe Sangamura, is that he will run at the same pace on the first minute and at the same pace at the night. With it. The perfect example is the Man-, Man City game. It was his ball, his running behind. He makes he makes the right moves. He has a skill to... He's deceivingly quick. I think it's because of his height. You know, Mason doesn't look as quick. Yeah, he's strong. Like, there's a couple of, um, I think it was against Leicester where he just put the ball around the player and I, and, and I beat them. And I think it's a surprise. Like, whoa, he's got those long legs, which covers the, the yards. But for me, and I was saying this before he signed, I said, the weak link in that Spurs front three is Lucas Moore. He's the weak link. And a lot of fans went against me in that. And I said, the reason why is because he doesn't, he cuts in too much. He doesn't offer width and he doesn't understand the game. He never makes runs in behind. Kulovsky came, and within three games, he showed exactly what I was talking about. More assists. Discipline as well, wasn't it? With, uh, yeah, Man discipline. City game away, helping yeah. uh, uh, Emerson out. Uh, yeah. Like he. Up and down, and creating an attacking threat as well. And, uh, you know, he played with Doherty, and that was building up. So that's, that's another thing for next season. But the thing is about Kulovsky as well is that, you know, when he signed, he said, he was asked about Kane, and he said, Kane likes players who run in behind. So I'll be making runs in behind. He hadn't even put a Spurs shirt on yet. So intelligently, like I said, football player-wise, intelligent-wise, he's right up there. Um, the goals he scored, like the last goal he scored against Norwich, that was so good. Like, and The reason why it was good, because I said, he's going to score more goals like that next season. There is absolutely no doubt, because he practices it. And he placed it. And it's not... And when he scores, like all the goals he scores, it's it's like a determination for him. Um, he also said that his role model that was uh, Imobrinovic, um, who, as we know, is a very arrogant football player, but he's a winner. And that's what Kulovsky brought to that team. And you can tell, you can see the difference because as soon as, when he's playing, Sung and Kane now look for him. I was watching when Mora was playing. They weren't looking for Mora as much. It was kind of like, I have to pass you the ball because there's no one to you. But they knew that nothing was going to happen from it. But when Kulovsky is on the pitch, they will pass to him. They will, you know, and make runs because they know that Kulovsky will find them or he will do something to find them. And I'm really looking forward to that front three next season. It's going to be, you know, Champions League, Premiership, you know, got the FA Cups. That's going to be a very, it, it's, it's going to be, you have Sung who can go down the middle, Kane, but it's not just Sung and Kane anymore. It's now Kulovsky. Mm. And Kulovsky with a strength. some pressure off them, hasn't it? Now we've yeah, got it has, yeah. to rival any in world football yeah. now. And Kulovsky, like you said, is strong. He's got the skills. He's got the speed. He's got the pace. He's not afraid to take shots. And that's what Spurs needed. They needed another player like a Sung or Kane who's not afraid to take shots. Even if they miss, doesn't matter because he missed a couple. 
you know, against the last Norwich game, he, he fluffed it kind of bit, but then to go ahead and do that. So having that confidence as well, um, and Benton Core obviously has a good link up with him as well. Mm. He um, he always looks for him. So they're all great signings, um, and it showed that, you know, Spurs finally got players who were football players, who have the football intelligence, not players who were just silky good. Football intelligence who, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't work hard, it's something that it's something to happen, you know. And you need to have football intelligence, and that football intelligence is by going home and studying matches, understanding what's expected from you. And I think that's what Romero, Bentoncourt, and Kulovsky do, you know. And Kane and Song, you know, it's like a goalkeeper who goes home and, and watches the opposing team to see who's going to take the penalties or what way. Same thing. Um, and I remember Conte when I think it was in January when things finally kicked in, he gave the players homework to do. And I thought, that's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. You know, finally, a manager is going, right, you're going to go home. You're going to watch your player. You're going to study your position and find a way what he does, what he doesn't like to do. Um, so those three players have set the platform now. You know, Spurs can't go out and buy players who are not like that anymore. They've set the platform. And they've continued because Fraser Foster was like, that's actually a brilliant signing. You know, he's free. He fills his own ground. He's a, he's a goalkeeper. And he's he's a football player, you know. He can, you know. There's plenty of times he's frustrated Spurs. Let's put it that way, you know. Stopping that he's not meant to stop. So, a very good backup for Hugo Lloris, um, and a new guy from uh, the wing back or winger. Yeah. So again, it's that football intelligence, and I get, expect to see more players coming in with that level of football yeah, intelligence. Yeah, I do as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about next season uh, after this, which is yeah. not only did we get Champions League, we got a golden boot as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Sun just so universally liked, maybe not by opposition fans, but certainly they respect him. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you could see what it meant to the players as well, uh, running straight up to him after that unbelievable goal against Norwich. It would have been very, <laughs> very interesting then if we'd have got a penalty. I like yeah. to think that Harry Kane would have let him. Oh, he would have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is Harry Kane who's selfish striker. You need to be if you want to be the best. <laughs> uh, it didn't happen. Just a shame he didn't get the golden boot outright. He had to share it with yeah. Salah, but still a tremendous achievement when you're thinking that Salah's playing for a quadruple chasing side mm-hmm. and we're a side that weren't fancy for top four, really. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Champions League's huge. It now gives Conte the ability to say, this is what I can do. You follow me. Jose said it, you follow me and, and I'll get you where you want to be. He didn't quite. Conte now has. And that's the first kind of step. We'll come on to next season in a bit. But mm. I was particularly pleased with the last four games. I mean, the Liverpool game, we should have won. But, you know, as it turned out, didn't make a difference. But on any other day, one all at Anfield is a good result, mm-hmm. a brilliant result. We should have won. But I think even though we should have won and we didn't, it gave the players belief. If you can go to Anfield with their top team out mm-hmm. and get a draw... And, and should be winning. Conte's tactics there, you do that to let restrict them to three chances at goal, four potentially, because Van Dyke should have done better with the header against the bar. Mm-hmm. You can beat anybody. You can beat anybody if you apply yourself and, 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 and you know, get that little bit of luck. We then go to Arsenal, and it was all about desire, and uh, the fans helped massively there. The players mm-hmm. did the best. Uh, kept their heads as well when Arsenal players didn't. Then it's Burnley, all about dragging that game out, get grinding the result out. Mm. It's always going to be a fairly ugly game and a one goal settles it. 
get the get the goal, stay defensively sound. And then Norwich, all we need is a point. Not only do we get a point, we get five goals, a, a fairly comprehensive win. Smash that Spursy tag on the day, on the head. Uh, complete Four completely different games and types of games and oppositions. And we came through with flying colours in all of them. And that shows versatility. And, and I was particularly pleased about that. And as soon as we, we beat Arsenal... I, th- I wasn't thinking we'll get top four now. It's when we beat Burnley. Because I, like you, I thought Newcastle would do something against uh, mm-hmm. Arsenal. And I think battering Arsenal and then following it up with an ugly win. I think the ugly win yeah. helped. If we'd have battered Burnley 4 0, they'd have gone well. Spurs were always going to win that game anyway. But, you know, it being quite close for Arsenal and then taken away. And yeah, Champions League, unbelievable achievement again. But if we win a League Cup and get fourth next season, Conte will be furious because we haven't improved the league position. We'll come mm. to next in a bit. But, yeah, I, I don't really have a question. I've just gambled. Uh, yeah. No, you're... Sun, Sun, golden boot. Kane on 17, five goals behind. Uh, high scorers, in, in uh, certainly in England in 2022 and Champions League. Tremendous end to the season. And like I said, that versatility of different games and different oppositions brilliant end to the season yeah it, it showed the mentality um because you're right I, I expected Spurs to wipe the floor with Arsenal I just felt that was going to happen um I felt I think Arteta made a real mistake cancelling that uh all the all the motivation. <laughs> they were scared of you then. You hardly had any players. You've got them all back now. They're terrified of you. Go out. Yeah, it. I think Arsenal. I think the hype, the 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 stadium. I think Arsenal buckle, but Spurs could have buckle, you know. But they mm. kept their, they kept calm, you know. When you saw any Spurs fan, when they saw the team sheet, they saw Sanchez and went, "Oh no!" <laughs> but Sanchez, he made a he made a mistake, but he recovered. And then after thinking about it, I thought, you know what? It was maybe a good thing that Romero was out because Romero being aggressive may have been caught up. Yeah. He could have been sent off, but he kept I, calm. I think, I think it's worth saying about Davies as well. He got a booking yeah. before Holding got one. Yes. Didn't make a foul for the rest of the game, whereas Holding yeah. gets a booking kept and calm. decides to stick an elbow out and, and, and it, completely lose his head and lose the game for Arsenal, really. It was brilliant mentality, the, brilliant professionalism, and you know. It was the. Yeah, like the moment, like obviously the the whole game was good, but it was when I think Holden got his first, no, the second, no, it wasn't booked. It was when he kind of threw Song over his shoulder and Song got yeah. up. The WWE uh, move, where yeah. Um, for the first time, I saw Harry Kane be a leader because he went straight to Song and pushed Song away and then pushed the Arsenal because he realized that Song has a short fuse, and he's like, "No, you keep away," if you know, because Arsenal players. Probably, if Holding Holding's game plan was to annoy Song, to get Song to react, to get him sent off, I think that was Holding because he was kicking him, he was doing everything. And I think Harry Kane picked up on this and Harry Kane went straight over and lifted Song up. And that was the difference. But you're right, the Burnley game, I felt, was the bigger game than Arsenal. Yeah, same here. Because Absolutely. it was played on, I think it was on a Saturday morning or was it a Sunday morning after the Thursday? Sunday morning at 12, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, the game was on Thursday. Yeah, Arsenal played on Monday, didn't they? Yeah, so they got the the, the scrappy goal. And I do think our our Spurs would have scored. I do think that even if regardless got the penalty, I thought they would have nicked a goal. But again, they showed team togetherness, composure, helping each other out. Um, 
And that was a difference. And like I said, it was great watching the Spurs team finally play as a team, all for one, all for each other, working for each other, running for each other, covering for each other. And that was that's what got Spurs to Champions League. It, that was the only thing that was going to get Spurs to Champions League, them playing together as a team, having no distractions. Because a lot of Spurs fans thought, yes, Champions League is amazing. And I thought, great. I expected it, though. I expected it because they got Conte in. And also, the teams around Spurs weren't, you know, weren't great. United weren't good, West Ham, Leicester. And we seem to forget that, I think it was after January or maybe February, Spurs didn't have any European football to play at all. So it was every week, game week by week. So I expected, I said, you know, if Spurs can get a team and get 11 players playing for the, together, they can make top uh, top four and possibly top three because they only finished three points behind Chelsea. Let's not forget that, you know. Um, so, yeah, it 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 was all about ending the season right. And I said, you know, the the Norwich game. I think Spurs realized, look, we can play for a draw. You know, we 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 all we have to do is play for a draw. But the fact they went out and scored five goals and played and the way they played a team that, in all honesty, all due respect, we should be. Yes, yeah. It, it's a thing playing that, it easy. We've got two goals. Let's sit back now. No, let's yeah, kill the game off. Let's do it in yeah, style. And, and yeah, that was let's keep going. Easy. And that was, and that is the Spurs of the future because even when, even against Arsenal, I think they kind of slowed down. But hopefully, the Spurs of the future will be like a Man City. We want to get six, we want to get seven because it's sending out a statement to the clubs out there that we will not stop. We are ruthless. Um, and if that that's if that happens next season, Spurs are going to be a force. You know, yeah. uh, teams have to be afraid of Spurs again, and that will certainly happen next season. Yeah, I mean that brings us on to what can we expect next season? Me, mm-hmm. f- 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 me for one, I'm genuinely excited about what we can do next season. And mm-hmm. uh, t- other teams, as a kind of snapshot of just looking at Twitter and everything, opposition teams, fans are wary of us next season, and and and. Maybe not scared, but concerned. Mm-hmm. Klopp's already said that he's a bit concerned um, about us. And I think Eddie Ryan said it in the comments, but we can rival City and Liverpool next season if we uh, sure. get our players in. I'm not sure on that. I, I think they might be slightly too ahead, but certainly third, comfortably. And I think, so I think next season, if, if we get the players in, which all all early suggestions suggest that we're getting the players in the Conte wants that third we can get third and win a cup mm-hmm. obviously we don't really care as long as we win a cup obviously preference would be the FA Cup because we've got history in that and it's a bigger cup we can have a good run in the in the Champions League squad is going to be hugely hugely important because like I say five subs next season so you mm-hmm. want not only a good first 11 but a good five or six yeah certainly four players on the bench to, to yeah. come and make a difference uh Galini was obviously Paratic's uh, failing in the transfer market, if you exclude the manager of Nuno. Uh, hopefully, Fraser Forster will be knows the Premier League for a start. Um, but yeah, and Kulisevsky, Bentoncourt, Romero, absolutely superb. Perisic, whether he plays that much or not, I think he'll be key in the dressing room and on the training pitch, like we've already alluded to. There'll be more players coming in, I'm sure. I, 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 we, we slightly disagreed earlier. I still think Ericsson will come in. Uh, whether that is the case or not, I don't know. 
we need a striker or some kind of striker. But then Troy Parrott, like um, I can't remember who said it in the oh audio artist and apologies. Uh, Dane Scarlett needs to go out on loan. He's either going to play or he needs to go out on loan. He needs to play next season, whether that's us, whether that's loan, I don't care. Same with Harvey White. Same with Alfie Devine. Alfie Whiteman went out uh, uh, this season. But there's quite a few others. We've got a really good batch of youngsters coming through. So if they're not going to play, get them out on loan. Uh, and we don't have the conference league to play the the, the, the youth players. Mm-hmm. It's the Champions League. So I'd be pretty annoyed if Dane Scarlett doesn't go out on loan. Whether mm-hmm. Parrot comes in and he's the, the backup, probably too early for him. He needs kind of, uh, you know, be around the first team a little bit more or go out and loan again. So we need a striker. But with Conte, I'm confident that, that we can get the players we want because it looks like he's got Levy to do what he wants. And mm-hmm. like I said, if we can get the players in that Conte wants, Liverpool City, I think it's probably... We, we could mount a title challenge, but then, you know, 10 games from the end kind of fall fall away, uh, certainly with five subs. But I definitely think third is, is within our grasp and, and could be comfortable. And then an FA Cup or a League mm. Cup and a Champions League. But, I mean, yeah, a couple of questions for you there. Uh, what are your thoughts on next season in terms of excitement and what do you think we can achieve next year? Um, Obviously, a lot kinda, of variables. Um, yeah, I think Spurs will, I said this on Tommy's show, um, I agree with that we can certainly challenge Liverpool and Man City. Now, other fans might laugh at that, but Spurs didn't lose any points against those teams last this no, season. No. They yeah, beat exactly. City twice. Drew... Telling them if, if the league yeah. has <laughs> yeah. the joint top. But, uh, yeah, and, and, and that's the mentality that Conte will want. We finished yeah. fourth, that's great. If we finish fourth next season, that's unacceptable. Yeah, so it's kind of like having the players in, I think Spurs can challenge. Now, longevity, experience, they might fall short. Don't know yet. But they can certainly push for top three. And, you know, the mindset is we'll push for the title, but we'll get top three. Um, The players coming in, uh, Troy Parrott, he has matured significantly, and he's even said he's matured. I, I suggested that he should be brought in as a backup striker and learn from Kane. If he isn't, then uh, a certain uh, Robert Lewandowski or L- Lobon, he, he's became... Lewandowski, yeah. Yeah, Lewandowski. He's became available. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Why not? He, he, he won't want to be sitting on the bench, will he, and, and but, play second. It, but again... But then, then it's also not maybe a backup striker, but... A striker to push Kane even push more. Kane, yeah, and and he got the Champions League now, so it's kind of like you play him next to Kane, you know, if he drops to that three, or you bring him on, or you give Kane some rest. Just saying in hindsight, um, but I feel that Troy Parrott should be brought back, should be given at least six months with the first team, get him a couple of, you know, he should be the backup striker because I've seen some of the goals he scored, and it's very very good. He's 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 hit. And I've always said about Troy Parrott, he he's a Harry Kane and he's a Harry Kane too. Um, that's what a lot of Spurs uh, trainers have said. And what I mean by that is Harry Kane for what he is. Harry Kane's a late developer when it comes to footballers. You know, it wasn't like a Rain Rooney at sixteen. Harry Kane developed at 21, 22, which means that he has a longer longevity because he hasn't been playing since he was sixteen, professionally. You know, in top team. Troy Parrott's the same, and I think that's why Spurs have kept them for so long. They can see that at 21, 22, 
you know, he could be that player to say at 22, he gets a run in the games and he starts scoring goals. And once he starts scoring, get better and better and better. You know, a couple of the goals, like I said, he scored for um, Ireland was like, okay. And even with the youth, uh, when he was scoring for the under 21s, it was a lot like Harry Kane making the runs. He's big. Um, he did get off the ball a little bit, but he said that himself that, you know, he got caught up in things, but he just wants to knuckle down and play football. The thing is, as well, when it comes to transfer, you forget that Spurs have, you know, um, uh, a couple of young Sar coming in as well, that other midfield yeah. player. Um, the Celso, I think he's gone. And Dumbele, I don't think he's there. So right. he said about Dumbele, he will just train in the reserves. And, and obviously, you don't yeah. want that. Uh, uh, who's going to want Dembele, certainly for the money that we paid for him? So he's going to have to be. It's going to be like 20 million or something like that. I think I think with those players, it no, I'm not saying because I'm I'm never a, a, a fan that will say oh they should never play for the club again. You don't know what they're going through, you know. You don't know what Dembele mentally is going through. But he, I think the preseason, everything starts again fresh for every player. Um, and Dembele is not a Harry Winks. We know and Dembele has a talent. And if you watch the games he did play good for Spurs, you're like, wow. Yeah. If he decides to step up, and it was purely on him, but he might decide, right, I'm going to be playing Champions League next season, which I came here to do in the first place. I'm going to show everybody that I'm the best player. If. It's a big if now. You know? do, do you think that he, he, he's got that, that kind of attitude? I th I th well, we'll find out because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, good, we'll, we'll good find answer, out. Good yeah, it's 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 up to him. Lasalso, again, because th these two players get criticised, but they were bought for Spurs to play in the Champions League, so that didn't happen. So they almost felt they dropped. Lasalso went to Villarreal, and he, he you know he played so good. Villarreal wants to buy him, so that might be a, a sale, no problem. He got Gil to come back as well mm. if Conte wants him. But I think you're looking at now where next th this season coming up, all the transfers will be done way before the transfer deadline. Full preseason with Conte. Yeah. For me, that's how it should be done. That was one of Alex yeah. Ferguson's brilliant moves. Yeah. They were all done early. Yeah. And I think for the first, and as well, it's kind of like having Conte, having a stadium back in the Champions League, players will want to come. I think the whole, I do agree with getting players in early. And I think that's what maybe Spurs tried to do a lot of the times, but they didn't have really incentive for the players to want to sign. So it's kind of drag it out, try and persuade the player to come. Oh, we'll give you this or we'll give you that. You know, only for players to turn around and says, nah, I don't want to come. But now it's different. They're going to go for players who want to come to the club to win trophies, to play for a manager like Conte. Um for example, the the Italian or the Inter Milan defender, Bastoni. So there's rumours that he's reluctant to leave Inter Milan. He doesn't want to leave. And I think, well, what about Scanier? He's 27. He wanted to come a couple of seasons ago, and he's a player he would want to come. Why waste your you know Why waste your energy on a player? I can understand because he's 24. So he might be thinking, I'm maybe too young to go to the Premiership at the moment. You know, I'm having my family here. I'm settled. So why not go for Skinnier? Because he's free. No, not free, but he is up for transfer as well. Yeah. So it wouldn't even surprise me if Spurs go to 
them, okay, we're not going to go for you. We're going to go for skinnier. And But the beautiful thing is, is that Spurs have Ben Davies. So that extra central defender is not, you know, they've got Roden. They've got Sanchez as well. So I think that, yes, Conte wants a, a good centre back, but it's not, a, I don't think it'll be a massive, massive blow if they don't get Pistoni or Skinnier. Um, you know, Roden came on and he did a couple of things and, and he's young. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if, if Spurs sign a centre back that they'll be kept, but I'm saying they must have looked at that and went, right, Sanchez came in and pressed, Roden came in and impressed a couple of games. If we, do, It's not a big thing. I think it's the wing backs. Um, we've already got Spurs. Have already got a wing back and um, sorted out. Um, I think they're going to get. They might even stick with the right one because Doherty and Emerson both play good. So, for me, I always said like, what about Sergio? He's the weak link, you know, the fan favorite. But I watched him. You know, there's just I think something. He'll head off now. Yeah, he, he'll head off. He's not. We got Perisic. Yeah. Hopefully, Sessegnon can stay injury free, which. Reports today is he's, he's pulled out of England under 20. Well, apparently, um, yes, Alistair Gold said that's it's not accurate. Um, what it is, he's no. he wants to have a proper preseason, he doesn't want to get injured no. playing for England. Um, which again, I thought of that when that's that's maturity, you know. I've always, you know, yes, you can always play for your country and you want to play for your country, but but playing good football for your club will get you playing for your country. And maybe Sessignon should, and maybe Sessignon's click and go right. I don't want to play for the only twenty ones. I want to play for the full England yeah. team anymore. And that means I'm going to stay, train, play more games next season because I think there's a good chance for me to get in the England team. You know, the right backs and the right wing backs for England, they're they're aging. You know, they're not you know um, young, so he can force his way in. Um, and so when I heard that, I was like, yeah, fair play. That's that's a good call. You know, okay, yeah, it, it's tough. Because you want to play, but fair play. Um, so yeah, already I think Bergwijn will leave. Um, Mora. That's a shame. It's a shame, Bergwijn. I like Bergwijn, but yeah, what you've got with this summer as well is it's <laughs> not like other summers where World Cup. Yeah, this summer is you, you know I don't know when the season starts. August. Three yeah. months after that is the World Cup. So players mm-hmm. aren't going to necessarily be wanting to go to be on the bench and try and force their way in. So it, it could be a very different, um, you know, Ericsson, sure, sure. for example, I, I, I want a playmaker. I'm not saying I want Ericsson. I want an Ericsson type player. If that's Ericsson, mm-hmm. fine. If it's not someone else, but someone who can string a game together and pass the ball, I think that's our weak link going forward with mm-hmm. Kane is our playmaker. But, some, someone like an Ericsson, for example, just use him as an example. If he's fit, he gets in that Denmark team for the World Cup. Mm. Kane, if he's fit and not playing, if he's fit, he gets in the World Cup. Same bail yeah. with Wales, you know. So mm-hmm. those kind of players, probably Perisic as well gets in the Croatia team. Mm-hmm. A Bergvine, he's probably on the fringes of that Dutch squad, although he plays quite well when he goes in there. But he's kind of on the fringes. Yeah. And possibly you need to start playing games, Steve. Um, uh, uh, otherwise, I'm not sure I can put you in. So it'd be very interesting with him, and, and, and there'll be a lot of players similar to that who who aren't necessarily going to be wanting to sit on the bench because they've only got three months to impress the the, the national manager before the the World Cup, uh, well the friendlies for the World Cup before the World Cup and the squads are announced. So it could be a very interesting summer in that respect as well. 
Yeah. Um, with Birdwine, it's kind of like he's got Song and Kane to compete yeah. with. Kulaveski now, yeah. Yeah, Kulaveski, you know, and if you could say, yes, Birdwine did score some important goals, but since he's been at Spurs, does he deserve to start ahead of Song, Kane, or even Kulaveski? The answer would be no. Um, and where he goes, I think that he's a very. Birdwine is the kind of player who will play good for a couple of games and then play okay for a couple of more games and then play bad a couple of more games. He's not I consistent. See him going to an Everton or somewhere like that. Yeah, some, something like that. Um, if Everton can afford him, but um, yeah. yeah, like you like you said about players not wanting to sit on the bench. I, yeah, I can agree with that. Though, again, if I was Birdwine, I'd be thinking right. I'm going to get games next season whether it's going to be in the Premiership or the Champions League, it's up to me to fight for my place. Yeah. Um, I could go to Everton. I could go to another club and play every game. But because my form dips, I don't get to get in the team. So I think that's that's a big thing as well. Though, like I said before, the likes of Birdwine, Mora, Winks, football intelligent-wise, they're not high. They don't have a high IQ. And I think that's that's the model. I think that's what... Conte's looking at now football players with high IQ. They know what to do. Um, they're willing to learn. They're willing to adapt. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting uh, transfer, and we're gonna find. I think Spurs fans, for the first time since they've supported Spurs, will know. It, it's almost kind of like a Spurs go for a player. It's a done deal. It's no longer kind of a, will they, won't they, will they fall apart. And thankfully, no more talk about Adam Traore. <laughs> no more talk about him. He shouldn't well, be. I did, I did see something on Twitter today. But like, no. Like with this Bastoni thing, I've seen all of these things about Bastoni. We're getting him. He wants to join. The fee isn't right. He doesn't want to join. He wants to get, you know. Yeah. There's so much clickbait out there. And, 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 and people like Alistair Gold, generally, when he says something, he, he's got some intel yeah. on there rather than just clickbait. But. Even then, until they're holding the shirt up or, yes, or top yeah. official are doing a video on them, yeah, uh, it's just rumors. It's just rumors. Or um, yeah, or until they're they're like, or even today uh, with Ivan um, coming to Spurs and coming to uh, Tottenham to get the medical, Sky Sports were there. So that's when, when I see that, I was like, that's when the player is linked with. Yeah. So I think it's it's going to be, you know. It's, Con, you know, it's the investment. You know that hundred and fifty million. You have they have money to spend. Hmm. You know, Tangard got like twenty million to spend. I don't know how he's going to use that up because <laughs> who who does he? I mean, he pretty much needs a whole United team. <laughs> so I don't know what one hundred twenty yeah. million is going to get. I mean, they're they're in an um, absolute mess. But I mean, oh, terrible. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, we finished fourth this season. Who do you think are the main rivals to fourth? Uh, obviously, United will always be in that position because they've got so much money to spend because they make so much. Arsenal finished fifth, so obviously are the next in line. West Ham, they, they dropped off as well because of the squad, but also they put all their eggs in a basket for the Europa League. People are saying Newcastle, they've got all the money, yes, but I think it's too early for them. I think maybe, yeah, way too maybe early. not next season, season after maybe. I think... They'll be looking for maybe to, never. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think they'll probably next season be looking to get in the the Conference League or the Europa. I, 
obviously yeah, get yeah. More, then that'll be a bonus but I, I think it's a bit too much for them so Chelsea who knows what will happen with Chelsea the the the, the rumor is they will be spending money and signing players and the, the, that goes through today or this week uh mm. but you know that they, they they fell like a stone almost another three games would have overtaken them in third I think um yeah, so yeah who, who, who are the main rivals obviously Man City Liverpool always going to be up there for the foreseeable future so it's 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 two places from how how many teams for you yeah i think i'd have to say for now it would be chelsea and spurs i think that's going to be the team fighting for third and fourth like i, I do think that spurs will fight for second and first but you know let's yeah. let's put that to the back burner leicester city fall apart they do it every season like clockwork they fall um, Arsenal, I think them listening on the top four will hurt that club massively. You know, with their young players, they're going to be drained. They're not going to get big players in, you know, no. over the summer. When you mention Conte, Conte's a mm. pull for a player. Yes. Arteta, he's no. a young manager, he hasn't really done anything. Yeah, Conte is a pull. Regardless of if, if we'd have finished fourth and Arsenal, uh, fifth and Arsenal fourth, would it still be able to attract a high caliber of player? I think it's, because of content. Yeah, it it's a stadium as well. When you when you look at Spurs as a player now, playing Champions League, playing in one of the best stadiums in the world with a world class manager, plus with world class players like like I said, Kulovsky, um, Kane, Song, um, that's that's really attractive. It really is attractive, and the fact that you know an experience. Um, I think United, it wouldn't surprise me if Tang Hard gets sacked <laughs> next season within well, the first eight real months. 50 50, aren't they? They could make some yeah. really reinvent themselves. E- it could just be another fuck up like they've had for the e- last. E- even that, even that, I mean, United United have gone, e- e- even if they made a couple of, because they did, they signed Ronaldo, they signed Varane, they signed Sancho. They should they even they should have been talked about as as challenge for the title. That club since Alex Ferguson's left has become a circus club. Exactly what we were talking yeah. about earlier. Players go there because it's United, it's Old Trafford, and I can post a selfie. Look at me, I'm wearing a United shirt. <laughs> they don't care about the winning mentality. Because I remember, um, was it PK? Yeah, mm. reading something from PK, and he said. He was obviously there when Roy Keane and all was there, and he had his phone. Yeah. Pika had his phone, and it started to ring, and Roy Keane ripped into him, and he said, "That was me having my phone. I was scared. I left my phone at home all the time." Yeah. They don't have that anymore. You know what I mean? Like they're taking pictures of themselves dancing after losing the game in the changing rooms. Roy Keane was something else. You talked about Ronaldo being taught lessons. I remember I've got friends who are United fan, and and. Yeah. He obviously, when he started, was doing all of these tricks and everything like that. Paul Scholes went up to him and went, see that? Go and hit that tree. And then, a, yeah. I don't know, 50 yards away, 60 yards away. Ronaldo couldn't hit it. Paul Scholes puts the ball down, pings it straight against the tree. What's the point of doing yeah. them tricks? I can't pass the fucking ball. You know, it's a lesson. Yes. And, and you don't get that discipline now because, like you said, no. players would answer back and just think they're the best thing ever. And, yeah. And, and, it's hard work. Paul Scholes didn't do that. Well, he had natural ability, but he didn't just do that once and could do it ever since. He had to practice his passing accuracy like that. And yeah, it's yeah. um, and so it's uh, very, very similar kind of 
Yeah, it's and, and it's boy, Keen, it's about the football. It's about the football. It's not about football. I'm going to be the yeah. football and then everything else. It's not only about football. It's about wanting to be the best player in your position. No, it doesn't mean you're going to get Ballon d'Or. Doesn't mean you'll get that. It's having that mentality that you want to be the best player in that position in the world. That's your motivation. You know, we look at as I said, we look at the great player, even George Best, phenomenal player. But because he wasn't bothered about being the best in the world, yeah. turned to drugs, turned to drink, you know, and I think that's that's the that, that's the difference between we talked about this earlier, but that's the difference between today's the modern the modern new players coming through. They they don't want to be the best; they just want to be football players, get their wage packet, post on social media, look at my car, and that's it. Um, so that's. You know, thankfully, that's the mentality that's being shifted at Spurs at the moment, which is the same thing that Poch did, by the way. When Poch first came in, he banned social media. He got players who wanted to play football. And um, so, yeah, ne next season is going to be very, very interesting. Um, West Ham, they'll fall apart, uh, I think. So, yeah, it's it's going to be Chelsea. I think there's going to be... the. I, I personally feel there's going to be a big gap between fifth and fourth place next season. I really do. I think because, um, like I said, United are going to go through rebuilds. West Ham, I think they went as far as they could. But like, if they even if they keep Declan Rice, who do they buy in? Um, Leicester, they're going through a whole new rebuild. Arsenal, they're still a young team. They're the, and I feel that as I said, being in the Europa League as well. Uh, Man United are in the Conference League or Europa League. As well, yeah. Uh, so that's going to affect well, them. I, I think the Europa League gets another couple of places because it was Liverpool, Chelsea, in both the cup finals. So I think there'll probably be extra places for the Europa League going to. Okay. Well, I, th I think I, I don't know, but yeah. Um, De Arsenal and United definitely in you. Yeah, um, I think West Ham were in the Conference League. Um, I think West Ham was, but even even not that, you know, it's still Thursday nights. Yeah, and it's still kind of having the play Thursday nights and play on a Sunday. And even if Arsenal put the young team out, it doesn't matter because I feel that it pretty much showed that those players and the manager can't handle a big atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and in the Champions League next season, I think Spurs, you know, will make Tottenham Hotspur Stadium a fortress, mm -hmm. you know, if because fans will make sure that they will have that atmosphere like they did for Arsenal at the Champions League games. And any team coming to that will be like, whoa, you know. So, yeah, it's going to be. And I think even next season, you know, there's a couple of home. I, I can see home games being packed out now. I think mm, what yeah. what what this getting top four and how Spurs played together as a team. And even when I think uh, my belief is that Conte stopped slagging off the board and the manager, like he, or the boards and all that. And since he stopped doing that, the Spurs fan base have actually came together. And they became a force. And I picked it up against, like I said it against um, Tommy Stream when they're watching the Norwich game. They were away, but you felt it was at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium because the, the yeah. fans were, you know, really cheering them. And I thought, if anything, that really helped the season. Every single Spurs fan who came together and, you know, e even the ones who leave you out or, you know, out of the club, even them became quiet and they realized, right, we can do that at the end of the season, but right now, let's get behind the team. And that shift showed, you know, like I said, when Spurs, even against Burnley, 
there was a, a moment, there was a couple of moments where you could see the Spurs fans kind of, some Spurs fans were trying to murmur, but then all of a sudden, we get battered everywhere we go. They start singing and it lifted the players just to go. And I think next season, that's going to be a testament as well. All, every single Spurs fan to get behind Spurs, you know, and and just, just you know, enough slagging off, enough blaming. Well, the Levy fans, out, the Levy out fans, they're stuck now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Enoch has invested in the club. They're buying in the players as well now. They're back in Conte. So, yeah, um, I think Enoch and Levy was always, Levy was always going to do this, bided their time. So next season, full support from all the Spurs fans, good atmosphere, that family come together, and that's going to be the difference, a huge difference next season as well. Yeah, well, like I said, I, I'm genuinely excited about next season. I yeah, say that every season fun. and it always goes downhill. But uh, <laughs> this season, well, it started going downhill this season and it went up. But I think Champions League is huge. It obviously stops before they've even started any Kane wants to leave rumours. Stops all of that. So we don't have that disruption next season. Stops as well. Certainly now where it looks like Conte is getting the players in that he wants, it stops before it's even started. Conte wants to leave rumours. So hopefully, <laughs> yeah. hopefully we, we end up having a season or a start of the season where there's been no disruptions and the players and manager and the staff and everybody are allowed to just get on with their job and plan for next season without any of that disruption and negative yeah. disruption and, and newspaper rumours here, there, everywhere. And yeah, well, there'll always be. The, the truth is, a lot, I mean, even today, it was kind of like... Poch, there, there was sometimes some summers where nothing... It was just about the players yeah. that we were buying in rather than the players yeah. who were going out. So yeah. I, I think it will get to that kind of stage again now yeah. this summer because of the Champions League. Kane's always said, hasn't he, I'll stay at Tottenham as long as we're progressive, finish seventh or whatever it was last season, uh, two yeah. seasons ago, fourth this season, got Conte, uh, got the players coming in. I think that's key as well. The players coming in, it yeah. looks like Conte's getting his way and Conte... And you get the players in early. It says, "I've got a plan. I've got a plan." Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Where certainly last year, with you know seven hundred and fifty managers turning us down, we don't have a plan. So yeah, I'm genuinely excited, and and uh, it's good to see opposition fans worried about us now. Certainly Liverpool fans, mm. well, well, Klopp uh, worried about us going away to Anfield. We can beat anybody there. It, 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 yeah. You know, if we can do that, we beat Man City away from home as well in a similar kind of way, so we can beat anybody. So, yeah, I'm genuinely excited. And it's going to be an interesting transfer window. And, yeah, it be very, very odd as well, like uh, <laughs> two months before the window closes, if Conte comes out and goes, all our business is done. It, all it is now is about players I don't need or don't want. They can go. Players coming in, all done. Uh, I think that stands us in extremely good stead. And, yeah. Looking forward to next yeah. season now, and the, and the players that we're bringing in, and play, winning players. Perisic just won a the lot. Yeah, that could yeah, only be a good thing. That could only be yeah. a good thing. But yeah, and and, I mean, the, and the players know now because I think like Perisic probably would have told right, you're going to play games, but you're here to improve Sessignon. You're here to work with him, yeah. and that's the difference now. Um, and I think Bastoni, it's a good chance that he might come as well. Um, just wants to make sure, but yeah. The recruitment between now and uh, I'm not sure when the transfer window closes, but it wouldn't yeah. matter. I think Spurs will have that all sorted up before it even closes. He wants mm -hmm. players in there 
um, who can work on his game plan. And I think he will. I think Conte wants to play two formations, which is Song and Kane up top with yeah. three midfielders, or play the other formation, which that that will be sorted. So yeah, it's it's having a plan B, mm. um, and bringing players in that both experience and want to gain experience young um and yeah with all i think you know we could be looking next season halfway through next season with conte doing well spurs doing well conte sends a new extension to the contract yeah yeah um, that that would be ideal that would be that would be something because you know i think he has this year and he said he had an option to sign an extension yeah yeah um so yeah i think after this it'll be like right okay yeah, I'm going to sign this extension. I want to be part of the Spurs, you know, legendary thing. So, yeah, I think... And well, I think Kane if he signs an extension, well. if he signs an extension, that says I can win the league with this team. Yeah, and and that means Kane will sign an extension as well. And they've already got Sony all set, uh, uh, bought up and everything as well, or signed up, yeah. so he's not going to own you for a while. Yeah, I mean, a lot to be positive about and just need yeah. to keep going, do what... Uh, uh, Conte once and uh, F1 fan zone, a Chelsea fan here. Glad you finished above Arsenal. You're not the only one. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for watching and uh, yeah, appreciate all the comments that have come in. Um, yeah. yeah, Owen, been great talking to you. Good. I mean, the, the first half hour wasn't that great because it was all about our terrible start to the season, but the last <laughs> That's all good. Then it's been good. But yeah, uh, uh, thanks so much for coming on and having no a problem. Thank you for having me. And uh, preview of next season. Uh, just before you go, you've got your own channel. Uh, where can people find that? Um, actually, I don't have my own channel anymore. I gave that up. Um, you can find me on Twitter um, or I'll be on your stream or Tommy's stream. I'm just going to do streams now. Oh, okay. Um the reason why is because, you know, to talk about Spurs and then to go on a stream and talk about Spurs, I was just repeating myself. <laughs> so I thought, right, I'll just save, you know, all my thoughts and things. Um, so, yeah, like during the summer, I'm sure you'll be doing one. I'm sure Tommy will be doing one. So I can always come on. And um, your stream and Tommy's stream is probably the only streams I'll be on. Um, I, I don't tend to go on any other streams. So, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Excellent. So Orvin's uh, Twitter handle will be in the description so you can find that there. That's for the... Yeah. Uh, the replays if you're watching that and the podcast as well but yeah just left to say thanks very much for watching please before you go if you haven't already hit the like and if you haven't already please hit the subscribe uh, really helps the channel uh, yeah and uh this is a uh, hotspur hood but uh, tommy lets me do my show on here on mondays on uh, fridays 12 30 p.m uk time uh, it's on my channel so if you like what you've seen today hop over on friday hit the like and hit subscribe on there as well uh, really appreciate it and yeah thanks for all the comments coming in and uh yeah let's just keep going we're in a high at the moment with the season that we've had <laughs> yeah. conte seemingly getting signings in that he wants yeah and let's have a real, real good time to be a spurs fan again i mean yeah Owen thinks we can challenge for the title i think it's slightly beyond us but you know i've been wrong before so yeah, <laughs> I, all, yeah. all is boding well for a good season next season famous last yeah. words but yeah I, i'm confident yeah. i'm really excited for next season so until then come on you spurs Coys. Cool.